Hello and welcome to Conversations in Clean Tech, the podcast that celebrates the clean tech industry and the people that power it, brought to you by Brightsmith. I'm your host, Jenny Gladman, and across the podcast, I'll be interviewing leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world to explore the opportunities, challenges, and rewards of working in clean tech. From revolutionizing solar panels to overhauling the way we move, in this second season, we'll be exploring the innovations that are sparking sustainable change and fueling a cleaner, greener future, whilst offering some tokens of wisdom to enlighten, engage, and inspire everyone to live their purpose. So today's guest has had a pretty fascinating life. She was born in Russia, moved to Denmark for a brief stint, back to Russia, moved to Finland at 16, and for the last year she has been calling Paris her home. Speaking of Paris, her passions outside of clean energy lie in French wine, French cheese, French boxing, which all sounds like a pretty good combination to me. Daria is leading the charge in both business development and ESG for a finished battery tech startup, Geyser Batteries. And I think it will be fairly evident throughout today's episode that she absolutely loves her job. I'll let her tell you why very shortly, but the fast pace of the development in the energy storage and also the huge value in these sustainable solutions are certainly up there in her criteria. It is a great pleasure to welcome today's guest, Daria Hedberg of Geyser Batteries. Daria, welcome to Conversations in Clean Tech. Thank you very much, and it's real pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me here and having me here and letting me tell a little bit about myself and what we do at Geyser Batteries. So I have been uh, working at Geyser since September last year. So it's been a bit over a year, but it's been a really exciting and challenging journey in the energy storage because, as you know, the field is just growing really fast and there is a lot of things happening and uh, there's always a value of sustainable solutions on the market. So we have been busy and... uh, Actually, just uh, in autumn this year, we managed to win a new energy challenge, which was uh, run together with uh, Shell, Rockstart and uh, Gestalt. So it's been kind of very exciting autumn and it's been really interesting to, to, to work here. But I joined Geyser, as I said, in September last year, and uh, I first joined uh, as a part of business development team, and then uh, we uh, further elaborated our ESG strategy. And so this is where I am. This is what I'm doing now. I'm responsible for the environmental and social governance at the company, and uh, we are trying to see what uh, mistakes we should avoid and how to decrease the risks while in- increasing the impact, the positive impact that the company can do. So that's that's my daily job at Geyser, and uh, yeah. Amazing. And what I'm very keen to hear, and I think our listeners will be as well, is the journey that that brought you here. It's not a traditional one or a conventional one. So do you want to give us a a bit of an insight into that journey? I know you started out with studying marketing and international business and then ended up in the tech world in batteries and doing something totally different. So yeah, tell us your story. Absolutely. So it's been, uh, as I said, it's been a thrilling journey, not only in uh, Gaza batteries, but for my life. As you mentioned already in the beginning that I lived in several countries and I think it's also shaped up a little bit my my view of, of the world. So yeah, I, I moved to Finland at the age of 16. I started studying marketing and uh, international business. 
uh, graduated, happily worked for a while. Uh, for some time, I even worked in uh, art industry. So it's been it's been it's been a very long journey. And uh, but then I realized that you know I really want to make a like a positive impact in this world, and I think that's that's what has been really dictating uh, my choices in my career development in general. So I decided that I want to do something meaningful. So what would be the way to do it would be uh, to, you know, to look into the innovations, to look into the technology. But uh, to do so, I really need to have some background. So uh, to cut the story short, I went to study process engineering. It was there that I also joined really amazing community of, you know, young professionals uh, who are really passionate about the future. And that's actually also there where I joined the team of women in tech in technology in Finland. So this is the organization that was promoting uh, inclusion and diversity in the field of technology. And uh, that's also kind of a small part of my career, which I still still hold uh, very close to my, to my heart, you know, the diversity and encouraging young ladies uh, to, to work in this field. Anyway, so I studied process engineering. I worked after that with commercialization of laser technologies. That was my most recent project on the commercialization before I joined Gaza Batteries. And uh, when I thought that photonics was an amazing field, exciting field, I was uh, really thrilled to work with the community to develop the the technology which would be suitable, for example, for medicine and you know just to have an impact, as I mentioned. But then uh, came up the opportunity at Gaza Batteries, and now I do not really think that there is anything more exciting than clean tech and energy storage. And I hope it will stay the same for me because it's really exciting to be here. Amazing. And it's great to see the passion that you have, but that, that you've also had for different avenues. It's really nice to see you still have the youthful exuberance and excitement for your career and for what you're doing and, and for making an impact. And that impact taken sort of different avenues, but each one of them kind of becoming, I guess, more and more fulfilling. Now, I have a slight side question, but one I've actually been wanting to ask you is you've lived in so many places and your family live in another place. How many languages do you speak and, and how does that work with all of these other learnings? Well, I have to say that uh, the most challenging language until I moved to France was Finnish language. <laughs> so I speak uh, like pretty much on a native la- uh, level uh, three languages, so which is Russian, Finnish and English. And I've been struggling for the past year with the French because for some reason it's the most complicated language for me to learn. And I apologize to all my French friends who really want me to start speaking French and I still cannot make myself uh, pronounce a single word except for merci. So <laughs> it's been a challenge. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I love languages. To me, it just, you know, it gives keys to the world. I spoke a little bit of Italian for a while because I had an Italian boyfriend. So, you know, li- life uh, life is interesting. <laughs> so. I think it's another one of those things, just that continuous learning. And my instinct that you're one of probably very few people in the world that studied marketing and process engineering and has lived in so many different countries. So you have really quite a unique story. Now, one of the other aims of this podcast is obviously to hear your story, but to educate people on the sector. And our audience is extremely diverse. So obviously, everybody knows what a battery is. But when it comes to battery technology and the innovation and the development in the sector, I think that's where it's sometimes quite polarizing as well. People have very different views on how sustainable it is, how much longevity there is in the sector. So can you give us kind of your thoughts and wisdom and overview as someone that's really embedded in that space? 
Absolutely. So what I when I came to the energy storage uh, industry, I also had to educate myself quite a lot on different types of energy storage technologies and battery technologies and everything. And um, to see how we other guys' batteries are different and what change we can bring to the sector and to our clients. So uh, we have, of course, a lot of different battery technologies, as you, as you mentioned, as of today. And we have the leading kind of the state-of-the-art lithium-ion batteries that pretty much everybody knows about. Everybody knows Tesla. Everybody owns a laptop, so we have the lithium batteries in there. So it's, you know, it's very versatile application-wise, I would even say. But um, what I think is really worth mentioning is also the fact that uh, the field is absolutely fascinating in terms of the developments that are happening on the innovation side. So we have, some, of course, we have innovations in the lithium battery technology, but um, and there is yet to come. And we have the new generation of solid-state batteries, which everybody is very much expecting and hoping for those to come to the market. We will yet to see when it will happen. But uh, we have no other different technologies, like like what we do at Geyser Batteries. We are not a lithium technology. We are based on the proprietary electrochemistry, and um, the focus of our application is absolutely... Not absolutely, but it's you know it's different from what we see, for example, in the car industry. We do not uh, make batteries for long duration energy storage. Our batteries would be made to you know to be like front fighters of, of for example, in power grid applications. So you know when sun doesn't shine twenty four seven, yet there is a lot of energy. So we need to somehow use it, and we need to balance the disturbances which are caused by the by the renewables in the grid. So this is what batteries like ours can be used for. And, you know, when we uh, really combine the efforts and start using different battery technologies together, we are on a much more promising way, in my opinion, that, you know, to, to really build a sustainable future with the climate neutrality, because we have to work together, not against each other. So we really need to see the new technologies that are coming in. We need to see the uh, how we can how we can combine the efforts and uh, really unleash the power of renewables in that sense. Amazing. Um, and I think we, we talked about that briefly when we've spoken before about the community and actually working in a sector that is working together and supporting each other and everybody willing each other on for those new developments because it has to be a combined effort all in the same direction. And sort of on that note, we've talked about your own kind of purpose and values and mission. How does that align with Geyser Batteries and this space that you're now you've now found yourself in well i think um, the vision of guys batteries is to lead the transition to circle economy through continuous innovation and um, we aim eventually to make electrification ex- inclusive what it means in practice is that we want to enable the rest of the world in using the clean energy and using the benefits of battery technologies so uh, as one of my key aspirations in uh, in my career have been to make a positive impact and to bring the innovation outside the laboratory for people to be actually able to benefit from it in that sense we are fully aligned with with, with the company that I'm working at so we have uh, the same goals and uh, we aim of course to commercialize the technology and uh, this is one of my passions in life to you know to take up the challenge of bringing the new technology and to also educate the customer and the other stakeholders Folders. Because, uh, to be honest, uh, many companies, I believe, see themselves a bit overwhelmed with the offering on the battery technology market. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a long journey. And uh, if you have to share the same values eventually with the company that you work at. So that's why I think we're quite a good match. <laughs> good. Perfect. 
And sort of thinking bigger picture in your life generally, like what else motivates you? What makes you get out of bed in the morning? I love to learn. I guess you notice the fact that I uh, like to learn in languages and uh, <laughs> it shows that I really love to learn and uh, both in the company, in the field and specifically in ESG uh, that I'm working in, uh, there is so much to learn. I will absolutely not hide the fact that I still have a lot of things to learn at my work and I have a lot of things to learn, learn from my colleagues, from uh, our CEO, from uh, the community. So this is what really uh, makes me get up in the morning and go and open my laptop as I work from home. So it's a bit simpler than to commute to, to the office, but <laughs> nevertheless. So it helps me just a uh, realization that uh, it will be yet another day of challenges and opportunities and another day to learn something new. I have to I have to be honest, that I really get bored if there is a, like only strictly routine work. So absolutely, it doesn't really happen in a startup. <laughs> I think so. And also the best thing with a startup for a lot of people is, you know, particularly in a, a new sector or a very fast developing sector, everybody's learning. So you don't have to be the expert to be able to make a huge difference. You just have to have the right attitude, the right passion, the right values and be progressing in the right direction. But when you have a sector that's growing exponentially, you can't have a sector of experts. You can have a sector with experts and a lot of other people who are pushing and learning and growing and and sort of taking their career in the right direction and you touched on challenges there and it's something I'm always interested in because I often find the things that people enjoy the most are actually the hardest so what are the sort of challenges that you face day to day or have faced throughout your time in the sector well I think in general um, of course we have a you know everybody has a plan everybody follows tries tries to follow a plan but uh the fact that something can be really like absolutely unpredictable, that is always a challenge. And uh, I probably will say something um, strange to some people, but when you have a lot of opportunities coming your way and when you have to make a choice which one to take, that is one of the uh, challenges that that uh, that I have faced really both in the, in uh, both at work and then you know in just in general career development because you think that you have to make the right choice but eventually there will be probably no right choice there is just a choice that will that will lead you somewhere and the challenge to deal with your choices and to take responsibility of those choices eventually that's also something that 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 comes with the work and of course as an immigrant uh, you have to develop a career Luckily, um, I have been in an amazing community this far, and I have been fully supported both by my colleagues and by uh, my current boss and by my uh, previous boss. So I have been uh, you know, extremely lucky with people, but still you have to build a, um, a life and build a career in the, uh, not only in the new sector, but also in a new environment fully. So this is one of probably another challenge that I, that I faced. Yeah. I mean, new sector, new company, new country, new language. Yeah, you've really gone for it. <laughs> and actually, I'm always interested to know with that, like, what have you learned about yourself in the last year? That I can really do things, you know, that even if I'm afraid at first to touch something, if you just uh, start doing, you will eventually do it. You will figure out a way how to how to get out of it and how to how to bring some sort of result. That's what I really learned about myself. I see that in you. And thinking about the highlights, and this doesn't necessarily need to be from your time in clean tech, it could be any time in your career whatsoever. But what are some of the highlights? And, and I'm hoping this kind of leads us on to the work you've done around women in tech or women in engineering, as well as kind of passing your wisdom and, and inspiring others. 
uh, one of the highlights would be actually um, the time when I shared my story to pro to the engineering. I uh, was asked to write a blog post just to share my story, just to tell my story, tell about the struggles that I had, you know, from learning the language to going uh, more deeper into the mathematics or chemistry, which I, to be honest, chemistry was absolutely not my favorite subject in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Chemistry wasn't your favorite subject, and now you're becoming a battery expert. Exactly. (laughs) I'm full of contradictions. So, (laughs) well, at some point in my life, I told myself that I'm not going to move out from Finland. Well, here I am living in Paris. Anyway, life is full of surprises. So getting back to the uh, to the to the highlight. So I shared this blog post. I told my story, and I actually had to, you know, a little bit uh, force myself to do it because um, you know it was a very personal story to tell and to put it more or less publicly. It was um, a little bit uh, intimidating experience. But when I did it, and I after all the overwhelming feedback that I received from people who I really respect and who I look up to, you know, on uh, even on LinkedIn, it was it was really amazing, and I still remember it as one of the highlights of my of my career. And uh, it's again the community that I that I worked back then in that that really um, helped me to to embrace myself and to share the story. Oh, and I think that's that's such an amazing thing to do because, you, like you say, it takes courage. It's very easy to talk about a topic or sector or a company but it's often very hard to talk about yourself but it's often exactly what other people need as those role models who say look I, I've done it and I achieved it and it was difficult but I made it so I think it's, a, it's an incredible thing to do and we talked about your drive to encourage sort of women generally but particularly girls and young women to not be afraid to, to make big decisions to, to take take the plunge and particularly when that goes against sort of societal biases or norms, you know, there was 30 years ago, very, very, very few women in tech and engineering. And that that is changing. But yeah, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm very happy. I'm very happy to see how, especially young girls, they, you know, they're much, I think they're much more brave than we were at their age. I mean, I see 14-year-old teenagers who know what they want and uh, will absolutely do it irrespective of what others are saying. So I'm very happy to see it. And um, from the times of my work and uh, women in tech, the way the women in tech functioned, we had this kind of breakfast when we are sharing the topic and topics on on business and technology. And, uh, you know, people could just come and uh, network at the same time. So these young women, they approached saying that, uh, you know, I have a degree in uh, social sciences or something similar. But after attending the events, I really felt like I can go into the tech world. So now I'm working in one of the technological firms and I'm really excited and I'm, I'm learning how to code. And, you know, when you see, though, so when you actually get to experience such moments of people that, uh, you know, are brave brave enough they're taking taking their chances on their life so it's just it's just really really encouraging even to me so at the times when you feel down you think about those people yeah making a difference and what do you think we could do collectively and by collectively i don't mean women i mean everybody in the sector to accelerate this journey towards a level playing field for diversity in general gender diversity but just having a, a more inclusive and equal environment in the sector. What can each one of us do? Uh, that's been actually a very uh, good discussion that we had on uh, Women in Mining Russia webinar when we discussed the situation in Finland and what Finland was doing to encourage women to go into the tech careers. One of the key uh, things that everybody agreed on was that um, just showing the role models, just telling about the women who were able to do it, 
who were able, you know, to get a bit more brave or to um, to just make this jump, sometimes leap of faith for, for many. So just telling about those those uh, those people, uh, telling about those women. Of course, it's always great to highlight the role models in the you know in the public in the public space in the social media. But even inside the families, I think if you just you know just uh, get attention of a small girl like uh, to a uh, to a woman that could do it, I, I think that's that's already a one big step forward to to help the girl to really understand. And one more thing that I would like to highlight is that it's not only about mothers that can do it or about, you know, colleagues, but if uh, there is a father who can also encourage a young girl just to to not be afraid to go and uh, to go and fail. You don't need to be perfect because many girls really, you know, we struggle at our especially at our teenage years be that we want to be perfect, we want to have perfect grades. You don't need that. And if uh, even even there was a research done that uh, fathers can actually have a great impact on their uh, on the careers of their daughters to really encourage them to take that step forward. Definitely, I think people seek inspiration in all sorts of places, but really sort of having it visible, which is exactly what you're doing now. And hopefully, some of our listeners are thinking, yeah, maybe that that sort of career is for me. And thinking careers, our strapline at Brightsmith is live your purpose. How does that resonate with you? Sometimes I feel like I may not be living up to my purpose when I have a bad day, when I didn't succeed to do something, when I didn't achieve the result that I wanted to do. But then uh, if you have a time to retrospect a bit and uh, to think about uh, all the all, everything that um, you have done, I think that uh, really living my purpose was, was something that I at least I try to do every single day. And of course, the first the first challenge again to have is to find your purpose. And I really wish, uh, getting back to the topic of encouraging young women to find for for the older girls to find the purpose that they that they want to fulfill in their life. And I think once once it's done, it's uh, it's a little bit just just a little bit simpler to leave your purpose. But I I really hope that with the work that I'm doing, with the uh, life that I'm leading, I'm really leaving leaving the purpose that I have for myself, which in terms of career is to bring in innovation to people, to make it useful for people and to share the experience. I know I think you certainly are. And you can see that in you, that, you know, you, you love doing what you do and it brings you a lot of fulfillment. And going back to people, which has been quite a topic through this episode, is there anyone in particular who's really inspired you? Uh, yes, I, th- I think there are several people that uh, inspired me. Mostly those are the people who actually had had a chance to work with. So my colleagues and um, I had wonderful colleagues pretty much everywhere I work. I think in my job, it's uh, the CEO of our company that also inspires me because, you know, he's he's I think he's leading with an example. And uh, I think that's really important to have a um, a manager, a boss who who inspires you, who kind of who shares your vision, because otherwise the working becomes uh, a little bit impossible for in certain situations. And uh, recently, I realized that I actually, when I actually thought about it, that um, it is my father also that inspires me a lot. He was a sailor and and a marine captain, and uh, after that, at the age of forty three, he started his own company. And it was, a, it was, of course, it's a big change for to make in at that age. And he was leading, you know, more than a thousand people at some point. So he really inspires me and I look up to him. Ah, that's great. And I think, yes, yeah, having those different avenues at family and your colleagues and, and people in the sector all inspiring you, all kind of 
brings everything together in one place. And now looking ahead at the future of battery tech, but also just the future of clean technology generally, is there anything that you kind of see on the horizon that either you think is definitely coming or that we really need to be doing? That's a very good question. Well, I see a lot of um, a lot of development happening, of course, at the university level. What I see is that we will have um, more solutions for recycling of batteries, and we must have those. It's not directly related to the battery tech, but uh, it is part of it in a way. So that's what I see on the horizon. And I see that the European Union is doing a lot of job to promote it. We have a new batteries regulation coming, which will be specifically setting targets for recycling and for the recovery of materials. And I think it's a great thing. And I think what um, we do at Geyser Batteries uh, already thinking about recycling even before the products are hitting the, the market I think this is something that uh, many others are, are going to be doing. And I know that many startups are already starting to think about it because, you know, you have to think about the end of life to make it uh, truly circle and to, to develop a sustainable truly sustainable technology. And in terms of the technology, I see that there will be a lot of more work done on the long-term uh, energy storage. So to increase the energy densities of the batteries. We need it if we want to really move, for example, to electric mobility. And of course, uh, power batteries. This is something that we need. And this is one, something that what we do at Gaza Batteries, because uh, high power solutions are extremely needed for to electrify the uh, applications, which are not yet fully, uh, you know, fully moved to the fossil free environment, for example, heavy machinery or mining. So we need batteries which are capable of uh, reaching really high levels of power. Well, I certainly think that the work you're doing and the work that guys are doing is, is all of those things that are heading in the right direction. And actually, I think you answered a lot of questions of some of the cynics of the batteries there around, you know, it's great having batteries, but you do need to be thinking about the end of life, the recycling, the what next. Otherwise, we're actually solving a problem and, and creating a new one all at the same time. Well, that, I think, looking to the future brings us to the end of this, today's discussion. However, I always like to, to see if there's anything that you would like to leave our listeners with, things to make them ponder what they could be doing, what we should all be doing, any final thoughts or pearls of wisdom. I have to, I probably will not be very original when I say, uh, when something like this comes from a person working with sustainability, that uh, we really just need to continue thinking about the impact that we make as, 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 as human beings. What, what solutions we choose, uh, what technologies we use, and uh, what kind of uh, print we want to make at the end of this life. And of course, uh, going towards clean tech. It's one of the great ways to, to do it. And I think what you guys at Brett Smith are doing is really, really amazing. So thanks a lot for promoting clean tech. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being a part of it. And not just clean tech, but also kind of innovation generally and equality within the sector and within the world. I think we need more people that see things from that holistic perspective of not just the single focus to clean tech, but actually understanding that we need all different types of people from all different types of backgrounds to come up with the right solutions together. So thank you. Cannot agree more. Thank you very much. <laughs> Excellent. Good luck with everything that you do. And I, uh, I have no doubt there's going to be many more interesting chapters in your life. Thank you. Likewise. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Conversations in Clean Tech brought to you by Brightsmith. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Every time you do, it helps others to find the show. For more information on Brightsmith and how we can help you to build a sustainable future through identifying, attracting, and retaining diverse talent, head over to brightsmith.com. Join us next time for more conversations in clean tech.